Good evening, everyone. I don't know about you, but uh, I'm ready to stop filming. This is our fifth night together, and uh, I do have one more message, though, for you before we step into our new format, and I want to draw your attention to that before we go further, that um, our week will now begin on Saturday night, and so our new format is Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday will be our um, devotional time periods that will be pre-recorded and premiered. And then we're going this week, this upcoming week, live on Wednesday night and on Friday night. And we're very excited about this new format. We're going to try to improve some of the areas that we've been doing with regard to even the videos during devotional time. And so I'm very excited about that. So we'll be starting a new theme starting tomorrow night. You don't want to miss that broadcast. But I do have one more thought to share with you in this, what I've kind of come to call uh, a week of vision. And so uh, we, we talked about in the first, uh, on Sunday night, we talked about remembering the prophecy. Uh, and then I talked on Tuesday night about the plan and, and dealt very straight up with the fact that our physical campus is probably shut down for a little bit of time. And so what are we going to do? And so we're very excited that we are leaning into this time period, the opportunity, and we're going to build our digital campus. And even when we come back physically to our physical campus, we will continue to use this area of ministry. And so then the next night, Wednesday night, we talked about giving, uh, both the mechanics and uh, digital giving, which we're very excited about being able to afford that to those of you that uh, want to use that rather than mailing your checks or even cash contributions. And uh, all of that information is available at newrqpc.info. And then uh, Thursday night, last night, I talked to you about the concept of what if we were a persecuted church? How would that change how we look at things? And uh, we're not a persecuted church, but what if we were? What could we learn from that? And uh, we realized from the book of Acts that a powerful church, the church of Antioch, was produced, was the result of a persecution. And um, the lack of ability to get to some of the hierarchy of Jerusalem, to get to the apostles, etc., created an area of freedom for the believers to become missionaries, as Eugene Peterson puts it in the message. And this is important. Church, you are the church. And our job as a pastoral team is to equip you to do the work of the ministry. We are not the ones doing the work of the ministry, except as members alongside of you. We together are doing the work of the ministry, the entire body working together. And so tonight I want to talk to you about uh, one more piece that really kind of gives you an overarching idea of what we're going to be doing and trying to help you do over the next three months or longer. And this comes from a conversation with a good friend of mine. His name is Greg Albright, and he's an evangelist. And I, I talked to him early on in COVID-19. And uh, he says, he said to me, he says, Steve, he says, I, I can't even imagine as a pastor what, what your workload looks like, what this, what this has done to you uh, as far as your schedule and as far as what, you, what activities you're engaged in. He says, I'm praying for you. He said, but if I could humbly submit to you, there's something I think you pastors need to do. I said, what's that, Greg? He says, you need to take this opportunity to challenge your people to dig their own wells. And that really resonated with me. And the reason is, is because in the ancient Near East, which is the context of our biblical text of, of most of the writings of both the Old and the New Testament, 
Water was a source of life. Now it is for all of us, but water was much less accessible in that area of the world. And so if you had water, if you had a well, if you had access to water, it put you in a place where life could be secured. Even if the environment was completely a desert, if you had a well, if you had access to water, you had an oasis in the midst of devastation, and from that oasis you could live. And uh, in fact, the nomadic tribes of that area, they would go from well to well, from place to place. You see Moses, you see Jacob, you see a number of our stories in the Old Testament, all revolving around a well. Greg's comment to me was elaborated on a little bit further. He said, Steve, he says, I almost feel like that everybody comes to church and we so capably feed them that they don't work to develop their own relationship. They don't work to develop their own access. They don't work to develop their own wells. And I think Greg's right. I think that we have done so proficient of a job of giving you what you need to be a Christian that as a body, we've become over-reliant upon I'll come to church, that's where I'll get my worship, that's where I'll get my prayer, that's where I'll get my healing, that's where I'll get my Bible, that's where I'll get my teaching. And don't get me wrong, we're going to keep teaching, we're going to keep preaching. But kind of in line with last night's message about what if we were a persecuted church, what if you didn't have the whole Bible? What if you couldn't come to church? What if you didn't have access to anything except your memory? What would you do? How would you operate? And so I want to submit to you tonight, very quickly, I'm not going to take long tonight, a couple of areas to consider digging your own well. First of all, you need to develop personal habits in the areas of worship and learning and serving and play. Not just looking for us to program it, and obviously in this season it's hard to program that right now. We're trying to innovate and make our digital campus fill that gap some, but we're not going to be able to do it the way we do it when we're in person. How do you worship if you had no church to come to? How would you learn? How would you serve? How would you play in the sense of exult in the blessings of God that he had provided for you? Personally, not what the preacher tells you, not what the pastoral staff tells you to do, not what the church provides for you, but you personally develop your habits because we are creatures who are made to worship our God. We're made to learn about him. We're made to serve one another. And we're made to play like children. Suffer the little children, Jesus said, to come unto me, for of such is the kingdom. Children love to play. Worship, learn, serve, play. How do you do this personally? Second, I challenge you to do is, where's your personal prayer? Where's your personal prayer? Where's your personal Bible reading? What if you never heard another sermon? You have access to the Bible. You have access, not just to a section, not just to a few pages, but you have access to the Bible. What do you do with music? 
We are a society that is full of music. And by the way, these play in because as you listen to music, you can worship. As you, as you listen to music, you can learn. Uh, music, how do you use music? What kind of music do you listen to? And I'm not here to lecture you about what kind of music you listen to. I'm here to say, what are you doing to use music as a part of digging your own well? Because you are a Christian. You are still a Christian. What if we were a persecuted church? What if we didn't have access? Right now, we don't have access to our physical campus. What are you doing with your music? We've created a playlist, and we're trying to facilitate your ability to utilize it. But what, are you, what, what would you do? What are you doing with your music? What about care for self? What are you doing to care for your body? This body is the only way you're going to serve Jesus. This is all you have is this body. How are you caring for your body? How are you caring for others? If you are to serve, if we're right that this is a part of discipleship, he who would be greatest must be servant of all, Jesus said. How are you doing this personally? See, part of what I'm driving at is, church, we've got to grow up. I'm really not talking to those of you that are brand new. A baby doesn't feed itself. A new plant needs nurturing and shelter. All things new are fragile. But at 47, I better know how to take care of myself. My mom doesn't come take care of me anymore. Frankly, Regina doesn't even like to take care of me. I'm not talking about being a good wife. I'm talking about she, she, I'm not yelling out from the bathroom, Mom, and expecting her to come and help me clean myself. I, I'm not. I, I'm grown up. I'm mature. I can self-care. I can, I can help others. I'm aware of self. And I just really feel deeply within my spirit that in this season, God may be calling the church to grow up. He may be challenging us to say some of the things that you thought were necessary, and maybe they even were appropriate for a season in life. They're not, they're not what's supposed to be focused on now. It's more... I don't want to offend anybody, but it's more baby life as opposed to at least a teenager. I, I know my children in my house, there's still things I provide for them. I, I buy all their food and their clothing. I provide a bed and, and so forth. But there are certain things that I absolutely expect them to do that when, <laughs> when they were babies, they didn't do. Their mom and I took care of those things. But now we look at them and go, excuse me, it's time to step up. All of us in this season where we're cut off from the normal, perhaps even crutch, we now have an opportunity to dig our own wells. Are you really going to lose your Christianity? I'm not de-emphasizing the importance of assembling together. That's why we're challenging you to continue to connect in small groups and continue to be a part of everything that we're doing online and do it live as we continue to innovate and make it more accessible and more interactive. But some of you have just lost your way. And maybe this is an opportunity to reinvent to a more mature lifestyle where you're worshiping, you're learning, you're serving, and you're playing on your own. I don't want to make this about me, but I do want to challenge you that for years, only recently, when I formed the pastoral team, have I actually been able to come to church and actually worship with a bandit and not worry about church. 
for most of my time in Newark, when I came to church, it was all about serving you. I only went to one or two conferences a year. So how did I not become carnal? How did I not backslide? Service was not a time of refreshing. Service was a time of work. I'm not saying I've achieved this. In fact, I think I have to grow some in this too. In fact, a lot. But I had to have some wells that were my own. No preacher provided them for me. No church provided them for me. I dug them out between me and Jesus. I had access to he who can give us the waters of life. Part of this digging our own wells is also this opening up. We're going to talk more about that in this week in this theme uh, that we're going to deal with with vulnerability. And you'll hear more about that tomorrow night. But you've got to open up. You've got to stop having everybody have to pull it out of you. But rather, you're going after it yourself. You're engaging. You're looking for that which will cause you to grow. That which will cause you to be more of a disciple. That which will allow you to worship with more freedom and abandon. That which will allow you to learn deeper and quicker. That which will allow you to serve others. That which will set you free to play in the freedom of God's care and provision. Digging our own wells is about walking with God every single day. Every single moment of every single day. It's walking with him and hearing his voice. Being able to know what you're supposed to do. Being able to respond without even the preacher or the pastoral team or, or, or some other entity telling you what to do or calling you to consider something. You literally have dug your own well. You're tapped into Jesus in such a way that when he speaks, you hear. You're not Samuel who goes to Eli. No, you're the prophet Samuel later in life who knows the voice of the Almighty because he's learned, he's dug his own well. So I return to my friend's insight. And Greg, I appreciate the kindness that you accorded to me by saying, look, I'm just an evangelist and I'm not telling you what to do. But what you said to me struck a chord. What you said to me challenged me. Because I want to be, as a pastor, as a member of the pastoral team of Newark United Pentecostal Church, I want to be responsible. I want to provide good word. I want to teach. I want to model. But please hear me. We may have done too good of a job. We may have allowed you too much reliance on us. And in this season, I'd like to challenge you tonight. In the words of my good friend, Greg Albritton, dig your own wells. It doesn't mean that we can't come back together and we can't enjoy all that will come from being together, but we will be stronger. We will be more effective. We will be more secure. The devil will have less ability to sway us and confuse us and scare us and cause our faith to waver if we've dug our own wells. Because in the ancient Near East, when you had a well, you had wealth. When you had a well, you had life. When you had a well, you were in control. And so tonight, I challenge you, in this season where you're going to have to, we just physically can't do all that we normally do in the physical plant. I challenge you, dig your own wells. We're going to try to foster that. We're going to try to facilitate that. But you've got to dig your own wells.
church, I don't want to, I don't want to sound wrong here right now. But I feel in my spirit that God's looking at Newark and saying, time to grow up. Time to grow up. I don't like growing up. I remember one season that I had some major decision. I talked with my dad and I, I liked it when my dad made decisions. And, you know, I thought I didn't because I, I really wanted my freedom. But then in the end, I had the security that dad made the decision. And sometimes I think some of us, we have the security that the church is making the decision or, or the pastor is making the decision or the pastoral team is making the decision. And yes, community matters. But so does digging your own well. You and Jesus are walking together. You know his voice. You're open to him. You're open to others. The reason openness is so important is because if you're not open to others, you're not open to God. Whatever you're closed down to others on, you're closed down to God on. You're worshiping, you're learning, you're serving, you're playing for yourself. What kind of services will we have when we come back together? What kind of devotions every night can we have if we're coming in having already dug our own wells and we've drunk from those wells? We're not, we're not thirsty. We're fed, we're provided for. And in that place, we're worshiping, we're learning, we're serving. Jesus, I pray, Lord, for Newark UPC right now. I pray over the next several months that you would guide our steps, that you would help us individually, but also corporately as individuals to dig our own wells, to develop our relationship with you, to develop practices and habits that feed us self-care, care for others, worship, the use of music, Lord Jesus. God, even the ability to sit down and play and relax. And God, help us to dig our own wells. Because in the midst of this crisis, we have the ability to pivot into a more healthy and more mature relationship. Help us. And I pray it in Jesus' name. God bless you all. As I said every night this week, I love you. It's a privilege to serve you. God bless you. And good night.